Wednesday night live. Hey, hey, everybody, how you doing? Hey, no matter what platform you're joining us on, whether you are um, on our website, you can be watching on our app, you can be on our Facebook page, or you can be on our YouTube channel. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to Wednesday Night Live. It is great to be with you. I am Pastor Pat, Pat, whatever you want to call me. Uh, my wife might chime in with some endearing terms that you guys will see publicly. Do me a favor. First and foremost, uh, I've introduced myself to you. If you could do me a favor and give yourselves an introduction to myself and to all of our team leaders that are on all of our platforms uh, right now. Uh, we have a team ready and waiting and They've been preparing just to spend some, some time with you, just really just a brief period of time with you. We, we do this in an hour. That's my goal is just to spend an hour with you guys in the middle of the week, Wednesday night. It's, uh, it's our move to the middle. So um, what that means is in the middle of your week, you take a break. In the middle of the week, you take your, your hat off. You relax a little bit. We have some we have some conversation. We talk. Uh, what I'm trying to do is the way that this is developing. Um, hey, shout out to everyone on, on Instagram live right now. So I see you. I see all of you guys. Um, yeah, shout out to all of the team leaders. Thank you to the team leaders. Hey, if, if you're in the chats, do me a favor. If you could drop your name and where you're tuning in from, that would be awesome. We do that every week. It, it, what it does is just personalizes everything because we want to know who you are um, get out from behind screen names facebook a little bit different we got your name so Catherine, good to see you kim jesse team clifton that's right coming from washington paul good to see you kathleen on youtube we see you alexa we see you on youtube as well it's good steve on our website doing well from hidden meadows good to see you guys Mason and Katie from the O, from Oceanside on, on Instagram Live. Hey, it is good to see you guys. I'm glad you guys tuned in. Yeah, Monty and you guys from Virginia, from the other side of the country, come on. That is so cool. Um, man, so good to be with all you guys. Mama, Mama Absher. Sharon Absher and Don, Papa Don, tuning in from San Marcos on our YouTube channel. Hey, guys, you got to get in these chat rooms, and uh, you got to let us know what's going on in your family, what's going on in your home, what God's been doing, the things that maybe you've been, uh, you've been seeing happen. We would love to hear from you guys. Gina from El Cajon. Dang, Gina. Monica. Hey, Pat in Fallbrook. Nice to see you, Monica. Tuning in from Fallbrook. That's awesome. Good to see you guys. Hey, listen. Um, good to see you, Bueller's. Janelle Escondido. This is for all our Instagram, our Instagram people. We see you. Ken and Michelle from San Marcos. Holding down San Marcos. There you go. Glad to have you. My wife. How you doing, honey? Instagram. Bam. High five. Hey, listen, a couple things that I want, uh, I want to share with you guys before we really jump into the meat of things tonight. Uh, a couple things to remember. Um, number one, 
just want to address this right off the bat. You know, one of the things that we don't know, one of the things that we obviously don't have 100% uh, knowledge on is when things will turn to where we're able to gather again in large format gatherings. Uh, and then, you know, we're doing everything we can to connect with all of you guys to meet needs in the community at large, but also in our community at home, which, which means your home. And so we try to do a lot to uh, connect with you guys. Tricky family, great to, great to see you guys. I'm so glad to see you guys. Um, so our goal is to, is to connect with you guys. Do me a favor. Um, you know, in this time period, what we know right now is that this is our, this is our normal for right now, which means we're going to be coming to you more and more uh, from electronic devices and stuff like that, but we also want to personalize those things. So be looking for different things that we're going to be doing to just try to bring personal touch. Even though we're communicating and face-to-face -face might, might look like Zoom, I just want to tell you, I want to give a huge shout-out to all of our teams right now that are connecting on our Zoom groups, like knocking it out of the park, killing it. Um, I cannot, I cannot tell you how how um, awesome it's been to watch our team leaders just jump in and grab that thing and connect with people. We've heard amazing stories, people, um, even within Zoom groups, just, you know, in the middle of conversations, just having the ability to, to just have human connection and contact, to be able to talk, um, tears and, and laughter and prayer. And those are the things that we want to, to be sure that we're bringing to you. And uh, Zoom groups are a huge, huge way to make that happen. Uh, one of the things that I would tell you is stay connected, stay connected, stay connected. Listen, everything right now that we are walking through situationally um, is, is at war against this connection, this connection piece in our life that is absolutely necessary. So what what I would say is, is just stay connected, stay connected, stay connected. In a perfect world, we'd, we'd be able to see each other face-to-face -face and give each other a high-five, a hug, um, whatever that embrace looks like. But for right now, um, our Zoom groups are are exceptional, and they're doing a really, really good job. A bit of a learning curve, but the teams and the team leaders, I cannot say enough watching all of you. If you're connecting right now, if, if, if you're in a Zoom group, uh, could you do me a favor? Could you just give me a huge thumbs up in the comments on whatever platform you're on and uh, and let us know that you're in a Zoom group. Just give us a huge thumbs up. And um, I would encourage you guys, you can go to our website, themovement.org, and you can just scroll down about halfway down the page. You can click a button right there and you can get right into a Zoom group. And we have people daily. My wife has some Zoom groups that she's doing with uh, with some of the women and my wife gave like seven thumbs up on Instagram. Uh, I think right now she she's had on average, you know, like the on average the groups are 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 filling up and are full, and she's creating new groups uh, for her group specifically. So good to see all these thumbs. Good to see all these thumbs up that people are are in these groups. That's really cool. So number one way, stay connected. Um, you can do that on our, our Zoom group. Hey, here's the other thing too, fam. Um, could you do us a huge favor and uh, more and more people, this is, this is incredible. Uh, we haven't talked about this publicly yet. It's been really cool to see, you know, just the people giving their lives to Jesus this last Sunday. Uh, what we, we did is we set up a, a phone number, 94090. 
uh, and and we just had people text in Jesus one 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 if they wanted to give their life to Jesus. We had people from all over the place giving their life to Jesus, and it was spectacular. And uh, the conversations that our ministry teams were able to have with people as they sent a text in, and then we were able to respond to them. And it was really really awesome this week as we just recapped just everything that God's been doing. Although we've been isolated physically, it feels like socially God's just been pulling our hearts closer and closer together and knitting us together. So that's been really awesome relationally. So um, a huge shout out to our team here and everything that they're doing. And people are meeting Jesus and that's what matters. Like we want people to meet Jesus in a real tangible way right now. This is, this is real and this is tangible. And so my ask is, is to share, 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 just share the links, just say, Hey, you know, um, put it on Facebook, share the YouTube link. Um, we have, we have premieres, Jake, do we have premieres set for our platforms where people can set reminders and stuff and watch parties, right? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So on Facebook, you guys can set up watch parties. Um, we have premieres set up. So there's lots of ways for you guys to share our services on Sunday. Don't forget Sunday at 8, 9, 30, 11, 15. I know most of you guys probably are joining us there, but uh, th that's one of the number one things. I mean, we're seeing, there was probably close to, we estimated with the numbers that we got back, uh, we reached probably somewhere around 9,000 individuals just on uh, Easter Sunday. That is that is spectacular. That and that's awesome. Uh, but the best thing about it was is that people were texting Jesus one 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 to that number nine four zero nine zero, and people were meeting Jesus. So could you guys like in the comments right now just give some like praise hands or some something? Just say may shout amen or something in there because that's what this is about. You know, our goal and Wednesday Night Live, our goal is just to give you guys something midweek to draw you back to focus. Uh, it's, it's, it's our move to the middle of the week, our move to the middle of our faith. So we have our faith, we've got real life. And Wednesday Night Live is this point where we move to the middle and, and we have to embrace our faith and real life and what's going on. So tonight we're going to talk about a couple things. Um, oh, by the way. Share the links. Subscribe. Uh, if you guys are on YouTube right now, it that's awesome. We're super appreciative. If you're on YouTube, be sure that you are subscribed to our channel um, and like the videos. It helps a ton uh, with everything that we have to do with YouTube. Uh, pretty common. And then also, if you're not on YouTube, if you're watching on another platform right now and you're not on YouTube, uh, I would highly, highly suggest to you that you, um, hey, go over to YouTube and you know subscribe to it. You can go back and watch all of our stuff there. So enough about all that. Um, if you guys have any questions about anything coming up, you can always let us know. You can always reach us. Uh, our emails are on our website. And then also we have a phone number, 760-500-4888. That's on the front page of our website as well. And you can get a hold of somebody and uh, we can take care of any needs you might have or anything. Tonight, we're going to talk about uh, the season that we're in. So one of the one of the things that we're in the midst of, last week we talked about Passover and the pandemic. And I really was speaking, uh, I'm going to use this word, what I think prophetically about where God has us right now. Um, not just personally, but as a people. 
and then also as the church and, and who we are globally in just humanity. Uh, we're in a season right now of what I'm going to call, quote-unquote, house cleaning. And what I mean by that is, is that during the Passover, I briefly mentioned this last week, but during the Passover, that was a season that, that the Jews would clean their house out. Uh, and, and, and there was something that was, it was, um, it was marked that it was something that they had to do. They had to make sure that their, their physical house was clean and it was symbolic of our spiritual house being clean. Something that, that my wife Chandra and I uh, noticed, um, Hamels tuning in from Washington. How you doing, Mr. Eric Hamill on YouTube? Um, one of the things that my wife and I realized just almost 20 years, gosh, honey, you're watching on Instagram, I think, almost 20 years of doing ministry now. Uh, one of the things that we notice is every year around this time of the year, what we see is, is we see uh, things that uh, become surfaced that were probably there all along. But during this season, I think we go through uh, house cleanings, spiritual house cleanings, physical house cleanings. It's where the term spring cleaning came from. So when you hear people say, oh, we're just doing some spring cleaning, th that term came from this, this time on the calendar year when the Jews would clean house. And in that time, what they were doing was removing, making sure there was no leaven in, in their house. And uh, there was a bunch of things attached to that that I won't get into tonight um, that we could talk about at another time. But what I want to focus on is, is that the season that we're in, the time period we're in, is this time period of house cleaning. And so one of the things that we can take out of that in house cleaning is, uh, I, th I think some of us are struggling right now uh, with what I call our COVID conditions. And what that means is, is that uh, I'll use myself as an example. You know, COVID has put me in a position where it's created strain or stress. And so my response to things, oftentimes I'm going to say, well, it's, it's, you know, COVID's got me all stressed out or this quarantine has me all stressed out. And so my response right now that you're hearing or you're seeing or that you're feeling is it's just, it's my COVID condition. And one of the things that in my own heart, as I spend time with the Lord and I wrestle with my own things, if you're, okay, here's, let's be fair. If you're wrestling with something, if you, if you have, if you've either, if you've blamed your behavior on your COVID conditions in the last three, four weeks, could you raise your hand in the comments section? Just if, if maybe you blew it and you you realize like, gosh, I blew it. And then you had to like go back and say sorry or whatever. But, but the focus was, man, it's this COVID, these, these stupid COVID conditions that's got me all messed up. If, you, if that's you, if you've been in that, or if, you, if you're experiencing just the quarantine and the stress and the struggle, the conditions of that have created tension. Um, yeah, give me, give me like a thumbs up or something in the in the, uh, in the, oh, thank you. Amulet's like face palm and hand up. Yep. Okay, cool. Now here's the honest people. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Paula Tricky, Mary Patrice. Yes. Okay. So all the, all the early adapters of honesty here, uh, are chiming in now. So here's the deal. This is what I felt like the Lord uh, showed me, um, that, 
alls that the quarantine, all, all, all that these situations have done is exposed the pre-existing conditions that were already there by removing some things off the surface and bringing these pre-existing conditions up. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some scripture behind this uh, real quickly. Um, in Genesis, I'm going to walk through something really quickly. This is what it reminded me of was in Genesis... Uh, God comes to Abraham at the time was Abram and he says to him, hey, Abram, I have some promises. I'm going to add, there's, there's you, Abram, and then there's me, God. There's you, Abram, and there's, there's your breath. There's what you can breathe on and your strength. There's what you can do in your own rights and regards, um, which we all have the ability to do things. And then there's what I can do. And so God ends up changing his name to Abraham. And the H-A, the ha in Abraham, is like, it means the breath of God. So it's like, Abram, you, you breathe. Like, you can breathe on things on your own, but I need you to be moving where, as you breathe, you're breathing with all of the strength that you have, but you're breathing the supernatural strength over your situations and over things. And I have some promises for you. And so this is what it says in Genesis 15. I'm going to kind of walk through some, some chapters of Genesis really quickly and take us through the trajectory of this story real quick. It says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. So, Abram, God says, hey, I have a promise for you. Tonight, this is what the Lord is telling you. In the midst of the situation, what he's telling you, when he says it's time to clean house, what he's telling us is, is that it's time for us to clean house of all the things that we think that we need to hold on to that really are only cluttering what God has a plan and a purpose to deliver a promise for us in our life. And so what happens is, is that God says, I have this promise for you. And the first thing that Abram does is says, God, you don't understand, but I have a pre-existing condition. And God, I'm pretty sure that my pre-existing condition is greater than your promise. And uh, how many of you, as I say that, how many of you guys right now can find or you can pinpoint moments in the last three, four weeks where you know that there's promises that God has for you. Maybe you heard me as a pastor say it. Maybe you read it in scripture. Maybe a friend encouraged you. Maybe there was something that you remembered. And there's this promise, this thing for you to hold on to. And immediately what pops up in your mind are the, all the physical, natural reasons why you can't actually walk into the promise that you've been reminded of, you've been told, or that you've read in scripture. And what we're doing is, is we're coming into agreement with our pre-existing condition the same way that Abram did, but God's condition was, I want to get you from Abram to Abraham. But in order to do that, you can't see your pre-existing condition as greater than my promise. So if someone understands what I'm saying right now, throw down an amen in the comments. So you guys, I, I want you guys, I want to be sure that I'm not, I, 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 want, I want to be sure that you're holding on and you're getting what I'm saying. I feel like the Lord has some stuff for us tonight and he wants to speak prophetically into the hearts and the homes of all of you. Something for you to take away. So is, my pre-existing condition is greater than your promise. Amen. So in verse 3, and Abram said, 
You have you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. He said, this man, what, okay, let me stop for a second. What was the pre-existing condition that Abraham had? At the time, Abraham had a pre-existing condition that he had no children. See, I have this condition, God, it's called childless. I have a condition, God, it's, it's, it's called, I, I have no fruit in my life. God, the promise that you've spoken over my life requires certain fruit. It, it requires certain resources. It requires certain things that I need to have and to hold. It requires certain measures of, of items, or it requires children in this case for Abram. And what he's saying is the pre-existing condition that I have, God, that supersedes your promise is I don't have children to see the promise that you have given me actually come into fruition. And so he begins to tell God about his pre-existing condition as if God doesn't understand that his promise can supersede any pre-existing condition that you and I might have. And so Abram says, you've given me no children. Interesting. He says to God, my pre-existing condition, God, is your fault and is your problem. I appreciate the promise, but I have a pre-existing condition by the way that's your responsibility because you have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. He presents the problem to God. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and he said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him his righteousness. Now, what God is saying to us tonight is that I have promises for you. I have promises for you that supersede your pre-existing conditions. I need you to do me a favor, though. This is what God's saying. I need you to do me a favor. Please don't try to remind me of your pre-existing conditions and make them my fault. Your pre-existing conditions, they, they, they actually will not stop the flood of promise that I have for you. We got to get this. So God's reminding you tonight. He wants to take you outside. He wants you to look at the stars. He wants you to look up and say, you know, more numerous than what you can count are the promises that I have for you. They dwarf, the heavens dwarf all of the pre-existing conditions that you have been walking with. And you think the condition that you show up to my doorstep bearing is going to stop me from loving you is going to stop me from healing you, is going to stop me from giving you the very thing that you're longing for, is going to stop me from delivering on my word because nothing will stop God from delivering on his word. Can I get an amen for that tonight? Well, I think one of the biggest things for me is pre-existing conditions require more patience. Hey, listen, uh, this side of heaven, we, we are, we are, we're imperfect, right? And so I have some pre-existing conditions. You know, I come into my marriage with Chandra, and Chandra's amazing. She's awesome. And I come in with pre-existing conditions. 
And, you know, as ama- she's amazing. She comes in with pre-existing conditions. And then we have to work out something that God says is, is the image of his relationship between the church, between his people, and his son Jesus. This perfect picture, this representation of what the Father does in loving us through his son Jesus Christ. And in this perfect picture, he chose two imperfect beings with pre-existing conditions to walk out and show his promise to the rest of the population. You and I are the only ones who have a problem with this. God doesn't have a problem with using you and I with pre-existing conditions. Why do we continue to blame our pre-existing conditions for our failures? God didn't look at our pre-existing conditions and say, these are failures, you're never going to be able to work. I'm going to have to find someone else to fill this position. In fact, maybe what he's doing is he's helping instill in us a level of patience that we need to watch God move on his promises the way that he is intended. But, This is what happens. Oftentimes in my life, maybe you can relate to this, I jump in front of God's plan and I try to get to his promise and he wants to actually create in me a level of patience. Here's what happens. Genesis 16. Now Sarai, this is Abraham's wife. Sarai, this is before her name is changed to Sarah. The breath of God given to her as well. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. This is the very next chapter in Genesis 16. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Again, it's God's fault. His plan isn't working. So I'm going to step in and I'm going to have to institute my plan. Could you please, if someone is sitting next to you, could you slap them if you have done this? Have you instituted your plan to try to achieve God's promise and potentially do it, and, and while doing it, blaming God for the position that you're in. So she says, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Okay, can I just tell you, right, this right here has disaster written all over it. Abram's wife, Sarah, God, this is your fault, so I have a brilliant idea. I'm going to get my husband to sleep with another woman. There is, not, there is not a woman listening to this right now who thinks that this is a brilliant idea. Isn't it incredible? The level of brilliance, or dare I say stupidity, that we sink to when we decide to take our plans and put them in front of the patience that God maybe wants to teach us because we're so jonesing, like we're losing our minds to get to God's promise. And God's saying, be patient. My promise is is incredible, but the process of how I get you to my promise is just as powerful as receiving the promise itself. Sarah's like, oh no, I have a plan and my process is better. I'm gonna have my husband sleep with another woman. Uh Uh-uh, ain't gonna happen, okay? So go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. But that's not what God said. God didn't tell Abram, I'm going to build a family. I'm going to build a lineage through you, through a, through a slave. That, that, that's, not, that's not at all what he said. That wasn't God's plan. This was Sarah's plan. But Abram, here we go. It ain't Sarah's fault. I just want to say, woman, it's the, I, I'm, not, I'm not throwing the blame on you. I'm not putting it on your shoulders because here in the very next part of this verse, Abram agreed to what Sarah said. This sounds a little bit like the garden. Hey, check out this fruit. It looks pretty sweet. You should eat it. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Both parties involved, both parties not exhibiting patience. They just want to go after what they're planning in their brain 
Forget about the process that God has me in. So what happens? So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Isn't that interesting? Sarah is going after the promise that God has given to her and her husband. She, she makes a short-term decision that now carries a deep uh, emotional consequence. As soon as she becomes pregnant, she begins to despise her mistress. Then Sarah says to Abram, you're responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. The ultimate in blame shifting. I think Sarah had a pre-existing condition beyond being barren. I think Sarah had some trust issues probably with Abram. I think Sarah maybe had, I'm speculating, just because I'm human and Sarah, she was human. She, she had some pre-existing conditions coming into her relationship that put her in a position where maybe it was control. Maybe to her, being in control of the situation felt like a way, way better idea. I'm a control freak. I need to control the situation. I need, I need to make it happen. I need to make it happen. And she, she begins to blame Abram. You're responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Here's the thing, family. I feel like right now what, what we're dealing with is there are pre-existing conditions that we've been dealing with, and we're in the midst of quarantine, COVID, call it whatever you want. I'm calling it we're in the midst of house cleaning. And what God is saying is, I'll use whatever it is that I need to use to get the lid lifted off of you so that I can get the things to the surface, be able to do some spiritual surgery, to be able to do some heart surgery, some spiritual surgery. And what I know is, is that it's always more painful to clean the wound. Like if you've ever been injured before, uh, I, you know, I remember as a kid, just destroying myself, riding skateboards, and just being ground up from asphalt, having to clean the wound. And it's always more painful short-term to clean that wound. It's always more painful to expose that wound and clean it. But it was the healthiest thing long-term. And so I feel like what God right now is doing in our midst is he's saying, hey, it's time for some surgery. It's time to deal with some things. And I'm lifting the lid. I'll use whatever I need to to lift the lid on your thinking, to lift the lid off of your heart. Because what we've done is, please tell me if this makes sense. You could just chime in in the rooms. Tell me if this makes sense. What we've done is we've run and we've run and we've run and we've run through life with these pre-existing conditions, with these hurts, these pains, all of these thoughts, all these things. And what we do is we, we cap and we put a lid on our hearts. This is what I felt like the Lord showed me. We all were walking around with, with our hand, with lids on our hearts, shoving everything down. Some of us, that was our way. We were, we were completely avoidant, meaning we were avoiding dealing with all the things that were pre-existing under the surface. We're shoving it down. All of a sudden, something like this happens. And I'm going to speak directly to something right now. 
And all of a sudden you're left in a quarantine situation where maybe some of the things that you're dealing with come out in the relationships around you. And so you can't run and escape the relationships any longer because you're quarantined with the relationships. You can't run and escape the difficulty. And maybe, the, and, and I'm going to go a step further. The relationships aren't the issues. It's the pre-existing things in your heart that you've held on to for a lifetime that God says, I'm going to use this moment of quiet, of rest. I feel like what God's done is brought us into, I'm going to use this word, into a Sabbath rest. He's brought us into a, things have kind of quieted down. I know in my home, there's, there's this, as things kind of ramped up because everyone's home, but there's this other side to it. There's a quiet. And in that quiet, we're able to deal with things. And God wants to lift the lid off of the heart. He wants to, if you're holding those things in your heart, he wants to get your hands open to receive what he has instead of holding those things in your heart. And I just have this picture of people holding these things in their heart. And then as they walk through situations, see Sarah was, Sarah was holding things in her heart. And as she walked through the circumstances, because of those things in her heart that were, that were simmering below the surface, see, she, she, she actually made the decision to have her husband sleep with Hagar out of all these pre-existing conditions that were simmering under the surface. But then what blew everything open was, is when, when Hagar got pregnant, it blew everything open. And all of a sudden, Sarah is like, I can't even handle this. In fact, in, in, in Genesis, a little bit later in Genesis, God speaks to, uh, speaks to Abram again and says, hey, uh, you're going to have, now's the time. You're going to have a son. And Sarah laughs at God, straight up laughs at God. And God's like, Sarah, why are you laughing at me? And then she denies it. Like, I'm trying to hold everything down, God. I, I'm not laughing. Some of you right now are doing everything you can in your strength to lie and deny to God's face, what it is that he's calling out. And he's saying, I want that thing from you. I want to take that pre-existing condition from you. I want to deal with that thing from you right now. And you're laughing and you're saying, ha, there's nothing there. And God's saying, no, I know there's something there. And it's, it's painful, but it's short. And just we, let's deal with it because long-term it's healthier. Here's what happens though. You, you and I sometimes will make permanent decisions in temporary circumstances and it can birth more difficult consequences than we ever would have dealt with if we would have just been patient and we would have waited, if we would have waited through those temporary circumstances. The best advice that I could give to you right now is do not make permanent decisions in temporary circumstances. Sarah made a permanent decision in a temporary circumstance. We don't have a child that seemed permanent to Abram and Sarah, but it was temporary to God. It was permanent to Abraham and Sarah, but it was temporary to God. What in your life right now seems permanent to you? It's forever. This is never going to end. What in your life right now are you dealing with that's causing strain and struggle or it's, it's, it's stabbing at you, it's an external, there's something going on and it's creating. And what God's doing is he's like, I'm I wanna lift the lid, I wanna free you, I wanna get these pre-existing conditions out. But my warning is, is let God do the surgery. Do not make permanent decisions 
in temporary circumstances because they will typically birth more difficult consequences. And in this case, the consequence that it birthed was is that Hagar had a son and his name was Ishmael. And as Ishmael grew, Isaac was born. And at about the time, uh, Ishmael, I could be wrong, Ishmael, I believe, was around 13 years old. And uh, Sarah is super jealous of Hagar and, and, and Ishmael. So she tells Abram, I want you to take them and put them out of the camp. And Abram, to oblige her, sends them out of the camp basically to die. God comes along and redeems them. Here's the point. The point is, is the very thing that Sarah took control of and tried to, tried to institute as a, as a solution. It was a permanent solution. It became a permanent decision that birthed a more difficult consequence. Now Sarah was having to deal with the fact that there's this other woman and there's the son that was born before her son, Isaac. What are you facing right now? And what I'm saying is, is God is saying, let me do the work that needs to be done on your pre-existing condition in the time frame that I need to do it in. But please do not birth and Ishmael. Do not birth a tougher circumstance or perhaps a permanent consequence that you cannot change. Consequences made in haste or the consequences of my hasty decisions are oftentimes worse than the original circumstance to begin with. Have you ever tried to cover up a lie? Have you ever tried to cover something up and it's like the consequences of, of the hasty decision to lie, to cover a lie, then you have to keep lying. All of a sudden you end up in a worse position and the circumstances become worse. <laughs> so the consequences of your hasty decisions become worse circumstances. So family, I feel like tonight, Janae, you hear me? Yeah, you guys hear, hear what I'm saying? Give me some, give me some shout outs in the comments if you guys hear what I'm saying. Here's what I want to do. Um, as always, you know, I feel, I feel like what's happening is, is I, I feel like the Lord is just speaking some things and for Wednesday nights. And um, God wants to clean some house for you guys. God wants to clean some house for you guys. I would encourage you guys. Um, you guys can, you guys can comment on any of the, any of the uh, feeds that you're on, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or on our website or whatever. You can comment right now and just say, like, I'm with you, Pat. If you're saying yes to God tonight, say yeah, like, yes, God, I want, I want to have open hands and an open heart. I want you to lift the lid off my heart and deal with these pre-existing conditions. Um, I, I that that's me. Um, I'm gonna pray for you before the end of the night. Yeah. I felt like um I felt like some of you though one of the biggest tension points right now that you're feeling this is in your relationships with people that are close to you. I think that's the first place the enemy wants to hit. 
that's the first place that it hit between Abram and Sarah. You know, she turns on Abram. This is your fault, bro. <laughs> and it's like, are you kidding me? You know, and I feel like I feel like right now relationships are at the top of the list for the enemy to be sabotaging. Um, I believe that was a word that my wife, Chandra, if you're in this feed still, I think on Instagram, give me a thumbs up if that was the word. I think it was you that used the word sabotage. I, I feel like I feel like the enemy right now has got his mind to sabotaging all of us relationally. I'm not just talking about marriages. However, I will tell you that that marriages right now are at an all-time high in terms of tension. And we're hearing it across the board, even as I talk to um, pastors that are friends of mine from other churches. And it's not just people who attend church. The tension for us for as a pastor, like it's just there's more tension. Um, but I felt what the Lord was saying was, is don't blame each other. Don't, don't turn, don't turn your anger, don't turn your disappointment and all, don't turn it at each other. Use that energy to focus on God and saying, God, I want you to lift the lid and there's something below this. The reason why I'm responding to you the way that I am relationally is because I have a pre-existing condition in my heart that God needs to deal with. But he has a promise that supersedes your pre-existing condition. And and I I and I want to pray I want to pray that there's there's a breaking of whatever that barrier is stopping God from getting to your heart and dealing with those pre-existing conditions. Um, as always on Wednesday nights, hey, I'm always open to uh, questions um, or you know things that you guys might be sabotage. Shander said, yeah, the word was sabotage. Hey, if you guys have any questions surrounding what I believe is the word that I felt like the Lord gave me for you guys tonight, um, if you have questions surrounding that, you can actually ask those questions in the comments, and our our team leaders get me questions. Uh, we've got about six minutes left here tonight. I'll do my best to get to those. And uh, so, yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. If not, it's not a big deal. I've had a really good dialogue. Here's what I would do in wrapping up. I'm going to pray. Before I pray, though, uh, here's what I would do. Um, remember what I said in the beginning. Remember that stay connected. Get into a Zoom group. If you need something, 760-500-4888. That's a phone number that will uh, directly connect you since our offices aren't open to any resource that you might need. Um, that, that phone number is also on the front page of our website on themovement.org. I would highly recommend that you follow um, our YouTube channel. Subscribe and like. Um, like if you're on there tonight, make sure you're subscribed. Like this video for tonight. Um, that helps us out. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I would say is you can always follow us on any one of our social media platforms. We communicate on those. My uh, probably the biggest one that I'm on right now that I've been having a lot of communication with people is on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is at Pat Lynch Vox V-O-X at Pat Lynch Vox. That's Pat L-Y-N-C-H Vox V-O-X. Let me pray for everyone tonight 
um, if we don't have any questions, if we don't have anything going on. So right where you're at, this is what I would, this is what I would ask you to do. Right where you're at, unless you're driving. I always have to say that because if you're driving, please don't, <laughs> don't close your eyes. Um, but right where you're at, this is what I want you to do. Just close your eyes for a second. Lord, I pray right now. Yeah, Lord, I pray right now for just a protection around um, our families, our homes. God, I pray for protection and just a guardianship around the things that you have, you have placed in our hearts. You've seeded promises. You seeded promises in Abram's heart. And if you seeded the promise, if you planted that, if you put that, if you put that seed into the soil of my heart, into the soil of the person's heart watching this right now, if you put the seed into the soil of that field, of that person's heart, of my heart, then you, are, you actually, as a good as a good worker, as a good father, as a good God, are going to make sure that that seed produces what it needs to produce. And, and what we need to do is we need to not look at the pre-existing conditions of God. I pray right now for a shift. And even as I say that, that there would be a shift in the homes of every single place that, that um, is hearing my voice right now. That there would be a shift in the atmosphere right now in the name of Jesus. God, the shift would be a mindset to be able to see things as they are, to be able to see things clearly, uh, to not see things labeled with people's names. It's not, it's not uh, you know, fill-in-the-blank person's fault. It's not the government's fault. It's not that company's fault. But God, that we would be able to have clarity to see things as they are, that we would know that the battle belongs to you, but the battle also exists in the spirit. And what we're seeing in the natural will take on human form and names and there's flesh and blood. But what's behind that are some pre-existing issues and conditions that the enemy wants to use in our family units to destroy and tear down what it is that you've seeded. So God, I ask that you would continue to be the protector of what you've seeded, but you would also not just protect those things, but God, that you would feed, that you would be the, the nutrient, that you would, uh, you would feed the seed, that you would water what you've planted, that God, that the harvest would be, would be uh, phenomenal, that it would be rich, that it would be strong, that the, uh, the harvest that you're bringing forth through this quarantine and through this situation would be a harvest like we've never seen before. I get this picture of uh, fields, wide open fields as far as you can see, and a strong harvest, meaning that harvest can withstand the storms and the insects and the different things that uh, in the season before used to destroy it that God is calling out in your families, the fact is there's things walking into this season that would have destroyed and torn your family down and God wants to deal with these pre-existing conditions and make you stronger for it because he's created in you, you're, you're a new strain of who you are and you're stronger for it and you're gonna be able to withstand the storms of the future. In fact, what's gonna happen is, is as storms come, you're gonna be anticipating potentially what that storm is going to feel like as it beats down on the home or on your heart. And you're going to be surprised because you're going to be able to withstand it like you've never withstood it before because God has done something in you and the harvest is so, is so powerful. And I just see a powerful harvest coming from this season. 
But God, it is on us to be able to not blame the people around us, to not blame even our pre-existing conditions, but to allow the soil, even if there's a pre-existing condition in the soil of my heart, that you knew it before you planted the seed. That God, that I would relinquish and I would lay open my heart for you to be able to work that I would relinquish the control and lay open the heart that everyone hearing my voice, that right now that you would relinquish, you would open your hands up right where you're at and you would say, God, you can have all of my heart and I relinquish control and you can do what it is that you need to do, even with those pre-existing conditions. Because God, your promise and your plan and the process, process you have of getting me to that promise supersedes any of these conditions. But God, we need to relinquish these things over to you. So God, I thank you for our family. I thank you for the promises that you've given us. I thank you that we have the ability in the middle of our week, in the middle of our struggle, in the middle of the tension, in the middle of the strains, someone is listening to this right now in your home. And before you tuned into this, this is what was being talked about. You were at your wits end. You were done. You were mentally and emotionally strained and stressed and you were breaking. The last straw had been placed on the camel's back and you had told the Lord, I'm done and I can't handle this any longer. And you tuned in tonight and what you're hearing right now is giving you hope to get up in the morning and go at it another day. It's giving you hope to believe in the plan and the promises that God has for you. It's giving you the hope to not blame anything around you, but to be able to simply let your hand off your heart and allow God to work the miracle working power that only he can bring in your heart. So God, I pray right now for the homes of every single person hearing this, for every person that calls our church uh, family uh, here at the movement, calls us family. Lord, I pray for our cities, our neighborhoods, I pray for our homes and our nation, God, that we would be a nation that would be a harvest that would be made stronger, and ultimately that the ears of that harvest would be bent toward you in a way that we haven't seen in 50 years. Lord, that the ears of the harvest of what you're bringing in the, in the church and through the church and in your people is going to be bent toward you to such a strong degree because we're, we're bent toward your heart and we're bent toward being led by you in a way that we haven't seen in 50 years. God, we are going to see a harvest like never before. I thank you for that. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone where you're at say, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, listen, family, it has been great being with you. We went a little bit long tonight. I apologize for that. Do me a favor, uh, jump in. If you have questions, you can always, we're going to leave these feeds open for a little while longer. You can always jump in if you have questions or comments. We would love to reach out to you. Join us on Sunday, 8 o'clock, 9.30, 11.15. If you need anything from us, don't hesitate to reach out. We love you guys. We look forward to the day that we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder, face to face, and we're going to embrace one another however we see fit. But we look forward to seeing that day. We love you guys. Have a good night. <laughs>